we are starting a series uh, on gifts, not gifts that you send on a phone, but like to give and receive a gift uh, the next three weeks. And um, today we're going to talk about the gift of today. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to talk about a good gift or what makes a good gift. And then the week after, the gift of tomorrow. But we are doing this through our New Testament reading plan. We've, we've uh, almost completed now the, the entire New Testament. When we get to uh, the end of the year, we will have read 260 chapters, um, the whole New Testament. So uh, the fun part is we'll be in Revelation for a Christmas series, um, which is a little exciting. And uh, I don't know how exciting it actually is, but we're going to do it anyway because we've stayed in it the whole year. Um, we all know that that life is sensitive. Uh, just just looking around, um, whether uh, we have reminders of of loss, uh, we have sickness, we've had health concerns. I mean, uh, just just looking around of how many of you have told me about someone who's sick or pray for this person. Uh, I mean, we've we 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 know this. This isn't a. I don't want to be a downer today. Um, you know, we're going into Thanksgiving. Um, but but the reason I say this is because when we consider what's going on around us, I think that we start to appreciate life more. I know when I officiate a funeral or I go to the hospital and visit someone and then, uh, then I go home, for some reason I, I love my family more. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is that when I'm exhausted after preparing a sermon or, um, or going to uh, business meetings and I go home, then, you know, it's whatever. But when I go to a funeral and then I go home, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my kids an extra hug and, and be extra nice today. I mean, I think we all do that. Uh, that's, just, that's just part of life because something happens that our perspective changes at times. We, we get too caught up into things. Uh, and again, I don't want to be a downer. We're going into Thanksgiving. But I want to focus first on this idea of, of uh, what we actually appreciate. I heard a, a pastor and author, Stephen Furtick, say, you can't be grateful for something you feel entitled to. You can't be grateful for something you feel entitled to. Well, when we start to understand that we're not guaranteed tomorrow, we, we haven't earned uh, a day, we, we don't deserve it, we can start accepting each day as a gift. I, I really, I'm, I'm not sure, even on, on the times when I feel like I'm most aware um, whether it's, uh, you know, after a funeral or visiting someone who's sick um, or you know, just, uh, just facing a, any kind of personal crisis or scare, um, I, I still think I miss it. I really do. Uh, and I read this passage in Second Peter chapter 3 that we're going to look at today. That I, I thought this really helps me to shape my perspective and, and my attitude, and I hope it will for everyone. So we're going to be in Second Peter chapter 3 in just three verses today. We're going to read one and talk about it and do the, do the next two. So Second uh, Peter 3 verse 8, it says this, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. There's not much to that. Timing is a really funny thing. Uh, you know, uh, when you remember when you were in school, I remember being in, I want to say just elementary school, but it was all the way through high school, and I would look at the clock, and I would say, okay, there's 37 minutes left in class. And then, you know, I would pay attention and listen for a second, um, and, you know, class would go on, and then I would look back up at the clock. Okay, there's 36 minutes left in class. You, you know how it takes forever, I, and I'm sorry for all the teachers here. I did have some classes where it just went by 
just like that. But, um, but you know what I'm talking about. It, it might happen when, uh, you know, when you're in church. You might look down and say, all right, this guy's talked enough. But I know most of the time you're thinking, I wish he'd go another hour. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but then you go to a good movie, uh, the Marvel movies. I know a lot of people like those. Uh, the last couple, I think, were three and a half hours right around there. I mean, and it feels like they go by in 20 minutes. And I just wonder, you know, that perspective. How can a 43-minute class or whatever it is feel like five hours and a, and a three and a half hour movie feel like 20 minutes? I mean, there's some time, we, we think we know what time is. We can explain it with numbers, so it's easy, but not really, the perspective or attitude of time. And, you know, when you're a kid, um, it, it takes forever. I mean, your childhood, it might have felt like it was 50 years. And then your next 50 years feel, feels like it goes by in, in three years. Um, I, I'm 35 now, and, and people say, how old are you? And I say, I'm 27. Wait, I'm to, hold on, 86. I'm 35. Yeah, it, you just, that just, it's crazy how, how quickly uh, time goes and, and how our perspective changes as we get older. And if I, I think about the difference between a, a child and an adult, the perspective, and then we read this passage in, in 2 Peter 3.8, that God's timing, not his timing alone, but his perspective of time is so much different than ours. What does that actually mean? Why does this matter? I think it matters most often to us personally in any kind of suffering. I mean, whether I'm watching a movie, big deal. If I'm in class and sitting there, no big deal. But when we're suffering, I think that's when it starts to, to make a difference. And I don't want to focus on suffering today, but I think this might help us through it and to maybe gain a perspective that will, you know, will help us. And, and I, couldn't, I, I didn't want to do this by myself. Um, I'm actually going to share a story from someone else. Uh, there, there's a lady named uh, Johnny Erickson Tata. It looks like Joni, but she was named after her dad, John. So Johnny Erickson Tata. And, and uh, her backstory, she was 26 years old and uh, was um, uh, going swimming. And I don't know if it was a, a lake or a pond, but anyway, she couldn't see the bottom. She dove in. She, um, she broke her neck and was paralyzed uh, from her shoulders down and has been, now she's 72 years old. And so from 26 to 72, she's been paralyzed from her shoulders down. And uh, I think she helps us to have a good understanding of God's timing. And so um, this is her story, not mine. I'm just going to read her words. She said, one church elder from Pennsylvania called my office and asked if I would speak to a 26-year-old woman in his congregation. Her name was Kim. She was a young, vibrant believer in the Lord Jesus who had Lou Gehrig's disease. She had come to the point where she was pretty depressed. This 26-year-old woman was in bed, paralyzed completely, unable to swallow, only occasionally able to blink her eyes, and had to be fed by a feeding tube. When I got on the telephone, her mother, having propped the receiver up against her head with a pillow, she whispered a question in labored breaths. Johnny, you're telling me I have to go on a ventilator. I don't know what to do. What do you think I should do? I was tempted to give her a lot of arguments, a lot of logic, a lot of good reasons, but I decided to stick to the Word of God, convicting, comforting, convincing. I shared with Kim a, a couple of important principles that she would have to remember as an individual with a disability. This is what she told her on the phone. Kim, try and find that clear distinction between sustaining all the life to which you are entitled 
as opposed to doing nothing more than prolonging the process of your dying. Remember that poem, No Man is an Island? We are all connected. No one dies unto himself. A decision like you are about to make, either yes or no to the respirator, is going to impact your mom, your dad, your relatives, your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, your former classmates. We're connected, Kim, and even on our deathbeds, we're called to think of others. But I want you to listen to God's word because my reasons, my logic, my arguments will convince you only so far. I want to tell you what God has to say. And then she said, I read her 2 Peter 3.8, which is our verse. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. I paused to laugh and said, Kim, you have to remember that one from Sunday school. Do not forget this one thing. It's the same as Jesus telling us to listen up, time out, back off. This is really important, guys. Then I read, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. I repeated it again slowly because I didn't even want my paraphrase to persuade her. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. Why is that verse so key? God looks at the last two years as only, only a couple days. The first thing I see in this, in this text uh, is God's timing is different than our timing. I mean, you know, perspective, attitude, but the actual timing in itself, it just doesn't go the same like an adult and kid, but far greater. And I, I read her story because I just thought, I, I can't talk about suffering the way that she can. And I might not be able to talk about suffering the way that, that any of you can. I mean, you've, we've gone through different things, and some have gone through more, and I don't, I don't want to come up here and try to pretend like I, I can understand some of the things that some of you have gone, have gone through, and I can't. I thought, man, this is, uh, this is someone who really is speaking out of, out of a pretty big experience. Sometimes our, our lives can feel like they're going on forever, and we read this and we think, well, wait, it's just like a second in, in God's perspective. Um, why, why does this really matter? Well, Johnny adds something that I've never considered. Uh, you know, when we read through the Bible, um, you read through it, and, and then next year maybe you read through it again, um, or you read a passage, and then next month you read it, or you read it, and then 10 years later you read it again, and it never says the same thing to you. I mean, of, of course the words are the same, but depending on what we've experienced, we hear something different. And this is, this is what Johnny said that I, I thought, man, I've never seen this passage. This is one of my favorite passages. I've never considered this. She said this, but did you ever think about the flip side of that verse, the part about seeing each day as a thousand years? It's a little like divine geometry. I never did very well in math, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the equation here, the mathematical formula. Each day is full of opportunities to invest in a thousand years' worth of eternity. Think about that math. The other side, each day is full of opportunities to invest in a thousand years' worth of eternity. Each day is full of hours. Each day is full of moments for each of us to invest in. These gifts of God are gifts that we are to account for, that we will invest in. And God puts people around us, and that's what she was telling her in the story the way we spend our hours and the moments with the people around us, that's what counts for eternity. Today might be a bigger gift than we've ever thought of. It's just a day. It's one Sunday. Tomorrow's Monday. Thanksgiving's next week. What's the big, big deal about today? 
Let me keep going. Verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. If you haven't, you have today to come to repentance. You have today to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have today to share the gospel of Jesus with someone else. There's someone who doesn't know Jesus. You know, and I know someone, we all know someone who has not accepted Jesus, and and maybe they won't if we talk to them. Maybe we could try. God isn't slow. It says he's patient, and and he's giving us today. It's hard. It's hard to know. Um, how uh, when I when I read this, I thought I want numbers. I want to know uh, how much this actually might matter. Like I don't want someone to tell me it really matters, but how much could it matter? Um, so I tried to find numbers, but statistics are kind of tough. I was trying to figure out how many people be- became Christians each day, and I thought I could find church growth statistics, but you have to count births and people die and people move away and they transfer uh, from other uh, from other churches. I just I couldn't find it, but I did find something because of a missionary organization uh, in Africa. So this helps a little bit. In Africa alone, so one continent of the of the seven, uh, Christians increase at the rate of 16,173 people per day. One continent. Um, Every day that Jesus waits to come back, that's 16,000 more people being saved. Every hour that that changes, that's 673 people that were condemned to hell, and now they're going to heaven for eternity. Every minute, that's 28 people. I mean, today is a gift, but this minute's a gift. This hour's a gift. Every single day is a gift of mercy. He's given us one more day uh, so that we can praise Him, we can serve Him, and we can share the gospel with someone. Now, maybe, uh, maybe you feel like you've wasted a lifetime. Um, I, I did quick math, a lot of numbers today, but I've lived around 13,000 days, 35 years, so you can kind of probably do the math with however old you are and figure out pretty close. Um, I've lived about 13,000 days. And I, and I think back, how many of those days have I wasted? I mean, what's the, what are the things on my mind that I really want to do? I want to reach this person. I want to support this person. I want to forgive this person. I want to reconcile a relationship with this person. And I, and I want to do it, but, you know, maybe uh, probably not today. How many of those days have gone by that I feel like, okay, I've wasted an opportunity? It doesn't have to be today. Maybe today's the day. What's the one thing that you wish you would have done with all your days before? Maybe today. And since God is patient with people, we have to be the same. I mean, it's hard. Sometimes we want to give up on people. But if he keeps extending our time, the calendar, one more day, Maybe we should be as, as patient with people as well. So no matter how lost or hopeless you think someone else is, or no, no matter how lost or hopeless you think you are, God has given you today, and this is an opportunity. Verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. You might not have tomorrow. We know this. We see it. We see it all too often. You have today. You might not have tomorrow. Today is a gift because tomorrow is not guaranteed. And if you really think about it, maybe tomorrow is not necessary. 
I mean, what, what, would you, what do you want tomorrow for? What could you accomplish for, um, uh, for God tomorrow? What do you say, someday I'm going to have this conversation with this person. Someday I'm going to reconcile. Someday I'm going to forgive. You don't need tomorrow for that. Why not today? Corey Tenboom, uh, uh, she lived through a pretty tough experience as well. She was a Nazi concentration camp survivor. And uh, she talked about this a little bit. She said, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. You know, sometimes we, we don't do something because we're worried of the outcome. We're worried of, of how someone will receive it. And we're worried about so many other things. Life brings us down, and so, um, or, or we're just so busy, and I got to do this and this, and someday I'll do this, and someday I'll do that, and now, now it's too late. We might not have tomorrow. So what will you do with today? I think there's so much more value in today than we ever consider. Uh, tomorrow, you know, well, today, what we do, I think sometimes, I wish I had the same opportunities that I had 20 years ago. I wish I could go back 10 years. I wish I could go back five years. I wish I had yesterday's opportunities. What are those opportunities today that tomorrow you're going to say, man, I wish I had that day? We don't want to waste that. Today is a gift. See, James says, in the book of James, he says, he says that our life is a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. Isaiah says the men are like grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows upon them. Surely the people are grass. If I were only to live two more weeks, 14 days, do the math. That's 14,000 years of, of eternal opportunity. Now, 30, you know, live a month, 30 days. That's 30,000 years to invest. Now, what does that really mean? I don't think it's an actual 14,000 years, 30,000 years. It means that I have an opportunity uh, to reach the gospel or to reach someone with the gospel and that they may live an eternal life. It's forever. And so, how do I live today? Well, the psalmist in Psalm 90, verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We're going to die at some point. We're going to lose people at some point. The world will come to an end. What will we have done with our today? I think uh, this, this really helps with perspective. At least it does for me. I hope it does with, with you as well. Um, because what is our life? I mean, this part of the section is a little, you know, it, it, it's, I don't want to say it's morbid, but we will die at some point. But will we live? Well, if we have the eternal life through Jesus, then yes. It kind of, it, it takes away from that, that sting. That's why we sing that song with, oh, death, where is your sting? Why? Well, I want to close with one more, a much shorter story than, than what I shared earlier, but I, I really like this as well because this is the focus on tomorrow. Bob Siepel at Princeton Seminary, he said this, hope is, hope is always made more real when we see tangible action today that points with credibility to the possibility of tomorrow. In the darkest days of the Babylonian siege of Jerusalem, Jeremiah was asked by God to go out and buy a piece of real estate complete with witnesses, a deed, and money exchanged. This was a tangible act and one that seemed to make no sense. But in 70 years, as God reminds Jeremiah, a captive people would be set free and returned to the land, rebuilding homes and reconstituting vineyards. Shelter and food, there's nothing more tangible. 
And Jeremiah's purchase of land was designed to provide a beacon of hope during the long years of captivity. We're in the long years of captivity, but we have a a land in a sense, a promised land. We have the hope of eternity. And so this man, Bob Seeple, he, he finished this way. He applied it to his life. He said, my father, at the age of 75, planted a number of very small fruit trees. What an optimist, I said to him, somewhat mockingly. Dad passed away a few years ago. And now when I return to the old homestead, I have an option. I can go to the grassy cemetery on top of the hill and brood over his grave. Or I can eat the fruit of his trees and reflect on a man who knew a great deal about hope. As Christians, we plant gospel seeds. We may not see the fruit. Uh, We might, we might not. But that should not change. That when we do that, when we spend our today working to share the gospel with someone else, that fruit is of eternal value. Not 14,000 years, not 30,000 years, but forever. So what work will you do today so that you can leave the fruit for tomorrow? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I, I uh, so appreciate uh, the text uh, to see the perspective of, of what really matters. Uh, we know that life goes by uh, so quickly, uh, but you've given us this life. Uh, you've given us uh, each day, and you've given us the opportunity to use it in a way uh, that matters forever. And so I pray that as we leave, um, whether things are going well or we're suffering, uh, that you would just give us a little bit of direction, a little bit more guidance as to how we can make the most uh, with this day. God, I thank you that uh, Jesus uh, not only died for us, but he gave every day. Uh, He lived each day in a way that uh, would make a difference uh, for all of us. And so we thank you for that gift of hope. I thank you for the gift of life. And I thank you for the gift of opportunity in today. We thank you for Jesus. And it's his name we pray. Amen.